Hey, everyone. Thanks, as usual, for listening to our show. As usual, check out our Twitter, at Midcourt Madness, and check out our website if you feel like doing some good reading, midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, winter is coming. But unlike the final season of Game of Thrones, the ending to the college basketball offseason won't be a complete disappointment. John, you know what they always say. It's it's hot outside, but in here, the takes are going to be really cold. Okay. All right, we will get into winners and losers very shortly, but I just want to do a quick little uh, programming update, if you will. Um, this will be our last off-season podcast before conference season preview time, Biggs. Are you excited for that? I'm extremely excited for that. I mean, it just it just means that the summer is coming to an end, which I'm all about. Uh, you know, we got football season right around the corner, kind of unofficially kicked off this last weekend, which, which means basketball season is – is right around like the next, right down the hall, maybe, or right around the next corner. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's coming up. So yeah, with that being said, uh, next Monday we will not have any podcast coming up, but the following Monday, so two weeks from now, we will do um, sort of a preview of some of the smaller sort of one bid conferences and highlighting some of the main teams in there. Um, the week after that, we will do mid major, some of the mid major conferences. You know, your AAC, your um, I, I can never think of the one Gonzaga's in for some reason. Mountain West. Pac-12? <laughs> exactly. And then after that, we'll get into all the Power 6 conferences. And then I think there's one more week at the end before, like, it's like November 6th or something is when college basketball starts. And that last week will sort of be a college basketball as a whole preview. Um, so look for that. And so that actually segues nice into my big winner, Biggs. All right. Because my big winner, my big winner is our listeners. Wow. Okay, tooting your own horn a little bit. Yeah, my big winner is our listeners because ever ever since early April when Baylor has cut down the nets, you and I have just been scrounging around to try and find topics to talk about. And a lot of times it's just us saying, oh, what do you think about that? Oh, that's cool. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's sort of cool. And that's all we do. But now we're going to have games to talk about, Biggs. We're going to have upcoming games to talk about. We're going to have like, Maybe some drama, like so-and-so isn't getting enough playing time. So our, my big winner is our listeners. What do you think about that, John, that the season's coming up? I'm very excited about it. Um, you know, We've talked about it before where you know a lot of people get excited about summertime and lakes and golfing and being outside, but it's like, bleh, right? Like, who cares? Give me cold weather, snow basketball on tv we're, we're in lockstep on this i i'm with you the people that like summer are not people for me they're not my kind of people uh i'm all about winter time that's why we live in the dakotas how do you feel if north dakota and south dakota were to combine and become mega coda have you heard of this i wish they would because then we could again say that we live in the same state that's true that would make me feel a lot better yes uh but no i have not heard about this is this an actual thing that's, it's a thing I've heard of. Yeah, people have talked. People have mentioned the idea. They've bounced around the idea of combining North and South Dakota, becoming one state, and we call it Megacoda. So, like, what would be the capital then? That's what I was wondering. Maybe it's just like a – maybe it's kind of like the Olympics where it's always just every couple of years the capital changes. Could be. 
one time, one one year it's Fargo, next it's Bismarck, then it's Grand Forks, then it's Minot, and it's never a South Dakota. St- <laughs> well, yeah, then it's Devil's Lake, Jamestown, Marshall, Minnesota. <laughs> oh wait, no, that can't work. Wait, no, that's not it. <laughs> Bigs, who's your big winner? All right, my big winner, John, uh, is is the American Conference, not America. America okay. hasn't been doing a whole lot of winning here lately, but the American Conference. Uh, as, as you, I don't know if you've heard uh, the big news in the in the last kind of week or so, at least pertaining to on court twenty twenty one basketball has been Memphis, right? They've been up to stuff, uh, getting an entire new coaching staff around Anthony Hardaway, uh, and obviously locking up two of the prized recruits in the twenty twenty one recruiting class, the top two rated players in the twenty twenty two recruiting class, reclassifying to twenty twenty one, Jalen Duran and Amani Bates. So we're going to talk about that a lot later, but but I really am just talking about the American as a whole. We've we've done this a little bit. I think you had Houston as one of your winners earlier in the offseason, how they retained a number of important players. Houston, fresh off a Final Four appearance, bringing the American a little bit of positive pub. Uh, we've got Wes Miller jo- jumping to Cincinnati, hopefully re-kind of invigorating, waking up the echoes of a strong Bearcat culture. How do you feel about that mascot, the idea of Bearcat? You here for that? So we actually, you might know this school. We had a school nearby us that was the Bearcats. Really? Yeah. And it, it actually is an animal. I just thought they were like, oh, let's just come up with, let's just mash two words together and come up with something. But it actually is an actual animal. There's an actual animal called a Bearcat. Yeah, yes. You you can't you can't be serious on that. Are you serious? And so to answer your question, what do I think about the nickname Bearcats? I did not like the school at the time, so I hate the name. A bin a bin turong, also known as a Bearcat, is a vivid native of South and Southeast Asia. Wow, he's re- they're real scary looking. Bearcats are real. <laughs> anyway, they aren't a, they are not a good looking animal. No, not great, not great. Anyway, hopefully with Wes Miller, you know your guy Wes Miller jumping to Cincinnati. Can re uh, kind of reinvigorate that program, bring them back. Wichita State. Think about a year a year ago around this time. Greg Marshall. The, the program was was uh, in in great flux because Greg Marshall had some some uh, some off the court issues. They fire him, hire a new coach, and uh, and they make the tournament. They're a really surprised team. It looks like they're the program is healthy again. Uh, and now we've got Memphis. He, he ended up getting the job. Yes, he did. I can't I can't think of his name. I'm blanking on his name too. Isaac Isaac Brown. Isaac Brown. I was gonna say it's not Christian Brown. That's the Kansas kid. You know, Wichita State is you know they're surrounded in 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 issues with with Greg Marshall and his problems. They fire him. Uh, Isaac Brown takes over the program, and in what was supposed to be probably kind of a building season for them or kind of a reset button, they make the tournament. Now Wichita State is in good shape, uh, and, and now we've got Memphis. Uh, and Anthony Hardaway has had. Probably a disappointing first couple of seasons at Memphis, where they've they've not maybe played up to expectations. Uh, don't tell recruits that. Apparently, they didn't get the memo because high enders are, are still flocking to to Memphis, Tennessee. It looks like now they're going to be probably entering the year as a preseason top five team, top ten team. Hard to imagine them outside the top ten in your preseason, right? Yeah, I'd say they're in that five to ten range. They're probably not quite top five. But like, what's the allure there? Is it is there a, like a just a lot of NIL opportunity there. Is that part of it? Like, 
Oh, I is think. There, I mean, obviously, is there everyone, big businesses think, willing to fork out the money? Yes, I think the the NIL opportunities in Memphis are pretty strong. You've got, <clears throat> I think you've got you've got FedEx is based there. Um, they've also got some big named, uh, kind of big knocker boosters who will front uh, a lot of money. I think they they've got some bank owners. I don't remember what their names are, but um, yeah, the Memphis boosters are are traditionally very good, and I, I suppose. Uh, the culture there now, they've got all the assistant coaches are like Rashid Wallace, played in the NBA, was a really good NBA player. Larry Brown was an NBA coach. Anthony Hardaway was an NBA player. They've got kind of this NBA kind of pipeline, in theory, kind of set up where these guys can go and say, hey, all these guys have got NBA experience and they can show me the way. Uh, none of it's really played out to this point in terms of on-court success, but uh, I guess you can probably talk a recruit into that kind of thing. And and it looks like they're going to have high expectations. Um, and, and then also, how about how about positive pub here in the last couple of weeks? Uh, most recently, when the Big Twelve uh, came out and people were talking about how the Big Twelve is kind of in trouble because Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. What conference did everyone think is going to poach some of those other Big Twelve schools? The American is the American on its way to a power conference status. Maybe I, th- I think it's been a good couple of weeks for the American. Maybe. That's my winner. You no, know, since you're on such a roll, so why don't you just say your loser? You want me to go with my loser? Yeah, you're on a roll. Who's my loser again? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean is this like in a restaurant when like you're like I, I, I like I'm gonna order last so that I can think of what, what my meal is as yeah, I'm a lot of bullets. All right, my loser, John, uh, and maybe this maybe this kind of plays into the American maybe becoming a power conference. Is all the conferences that aren't power conferences, all the mid-major conferences, a lot of the oxygen uh, lately around college basketball has been conference expansion, super leagues forming, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the Big 10 forming an alliance, whoever the hell knows what that means, an alliance is being formed. Uh, The SEC. It's It's just a fancy word. Biggs, do you ever did you ever watch like say Big Brother or uh, MTV has like the challenge series and like so it's like they have all these challenges and like people get voted off every week sort of like the like Survivor and yeah. like people form alliances on there that that's what this is it's just a fancy word so that they can stay relevant longer like the Bachelor yeah Wait, do they form alliances on the Bachelor I I don't think they do that hmm. I wonder if they've ever thought about that. Ask your wife. She's sitting right next to you. That's true. Well, she's asleep. She don't care. Okay. Thank I'm goodness. Asleep. Oh, there she is. There she talked. <laughs> Edit that out. Yeah, no kidding. Hey. Anyway, with all the talk of forming all these big conference, super conference alliances, I wonder if that is going to create even more of a gap between your power conference teams and, and your so-called mid-majors or low-major schools. How much harder is it going to be if your power conference teams now are in a super conference where they're playing? I mean, this is all very, very theoretical, but if you're in a conference with 16 team conference, you're playing that many teams in your conference games. And it feels like as, as technology has made our world smaller, these super conferences are making colleges, colleges worlds even smaller. They don't want to play anybody else. They only want to play the teams in their conference. Are they going to want to play non-conference teams? They're going to want to play a lot of these small conference teams that that need that kind of funding. They need they need to they need Duke. Uh, you know, the small school needs North Carolina to pay them to come get their ass kicked by them. Like these teams, that's how they make all their money. 
and, and you wonder if that is going to kind of fall by the wayside here, um, you know, as 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 the super conferences kind of emerge. I, I'm I'm concerned about that. And yeah, just to piggyback off your point, do you want to talk about the whole alliance thing at all? I mean, from my understanding, it's basically just these. I think it's Pac. I don't think Big Twelve was involved. I think it's Pac twelve, Big Ten, and ACC. And I think the whole idea is just they're going to schedule each other more. They're freezing out the SEC, right? Yeah, I think it's just those three say, telling themselves, and I. It's it's sort of like a handshake deal too. I think is what I heard. It's nothing's in writing, nothing's signed. All it is is they're saying they're going to schedule each other more often. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of the gist of it. Uh, it's it's interesting because all three of those conference commissioners are very new. Big Ten conference commissioner is in his second year on the job. Pac-12 commissioner and ACC commissioner just took over, so they're really new to commissioning, being commissioners. Um, things are changing, but there's – there, there's so many things changing, and I guess I'm not sure if that if it's a good thing that we've got new commissioners ready to handle that, or or if you want somebody with experience. But all these guys are super new on the job, and um, yeah, I think they are just going to kind of freeze out the SEC. So much of this stuff is just it's kind of mind bending. It's hard to hard to figure out what's happening. You know, it seems like you get a new report every day on what what's going to happen, and you never hear anything about any of these small schools. Though you only hear about the big knocker schools. Alrighty, so yeah, I'll just go to my loser here. Um, and my loser is Chris Mack. And because Chris Mack had he had the audacity of having someone extort him. And so you may remember this from a couple months ago. Dino Gaudio attempts to extort him basically. And um I think he, he must have recorded him or something. But basically, he has been suspended six games without pay for not following university guidelines and procedures while being extorted by a former assistant coach. Now, Biggs, if you were to take a guess as to how much those six games without pay will cost him, what would you say? Six games. He probably makes, what, $4 million a year, three, four mil. I I guess I'm not sure. Uh, $100,000, $150,000. $221,000. You're actually closer than I thought you were going to get. $221,000. $221,000. Yeah, so I think the moral of the story here is do not have someone try to extort you. Yeah, that's that's probably a good start. The next the my follow-up to that is you you said something about he's he he's suspended 6 games for not following university guidelines while being extorted. Are there actually things in the Louisville employee handbook for how to handle when you're being extorted because that's galaxy brain shit right there. Like, do you think that's in like a training, like a seminar? Like, Hey, when you're being extorted, here's what you option a is you do this fight or flight. I would love to get my hands on a copy of that. Cause yeah, there must be a part where it says if you are being extorted, you must report it to the athletic department head. Like if you're a coach, you have to report to the athletic department head. But he went to like the university president or something instead, so he broke he broke procedure. Broke protocol. Can't can't have that. We can't have people breaking protocol. No. Or maybe he like called the cops or something. I don't know. Who who, who knows? It's so stupid. Yeah, Louisville hasn't had a great offseason in general here. Chris Mack. It feels like Chris Mack, like how much has how much has just like my how the turntables on Chris Mack, like three, four years ago, like he was a rising star in the coaching game. He had Xavier as like they made like an elite eight, and then the next year I think they were a number one seed. Then he gets the job at Louisville. He's got 
like everyone's thinking like this guy's hot shit. He's taking over Louisville. You're thinking, okay, like there's a path here for Louisville to become kind of a power with, with in, in theory, you know, Roy Williams, Coach K, Jim Beheim, Leonard Hamilton, old heads in the ACC. You know, in the near future, probably going to be going down. Louisville now has a has a has a path to kind of rise up with Chris Mack as this young hotshot coach. I mean, I know I a couple years ago, if you'd have asked me who are your five favorite coaches, Chris Mack would have been on that list. He hasn't had a a great run here on the court. They've just been kind of eh, like ho hum, right? They haven't been all that great. And now off the court, he's being dealing with a bunch of shit. Uh, uh, you got to start wondering, like, is it worth it? No. Um. Anyways, uh, what else you got? Should we get into the, to uh, all the Memphis stuff with? Uh, I can't think of his name. Imani Bates. I think that's the best place to start, given that's probably the biggest on-court impact 2021 basketball season news, right? I mean, that's a huge that's a huge drop. Yeah, and so what do you think this team's going to look like? We talked about it um, after Jalen Duran committed, and we talked about, you know, I had read reports, and I'm still reading reports, that Imani Bates will get a lot of minutes at the one. Um, and your retort was that this Alex Lomax is – well, he's not this great scorer or anything, but he is, you know, a good point guard who gets his guys up, set into position pretty well. But what do you think this lineup's going to look like? Do you think they're going to have like three guys who are kind of the bench who are starter quality guys, or how do you think it's going to look? Well, I I wouldn't be surprised if <clears throat> I, I mean their their five best players I would think at least on paper are probably Bates and, and Jalen Duran, right? Your two your two freshmen coming in. Uh, DeAndre Williams, uh, Landers Nolly, uh, and then probably either Lester Quinones or Earl Timberlake, who are all basically five of those, four, four of those guys are all kind of like two, three types, right? Small forward shooting guards. DeAndre Williams is probably your four man, uh, and Duran is Duran is a is a throwback five. I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if if they do run a lot of lineups where it's I don't know if you classify Bates as your one, or maybe Quinones as your one, um, or maybe Landers Nolly. None of them are, are true point guards, right? But if you just want to get those guys on the floor at a time, um, you, you can probably do that. It's probably overthinking it, probably thinking a little too much in the NBA 2K thing where you have to have a point guard on the floor, a shooting guard on the floor, a small forward. You just get the best guys on the court, right? That's one of the new buzzwords in basketball, positionless basketball. Everybody plays positionless basketball. So maybe Memphis does just you throw their five best guys on the court. I, I do think Alex Lomax is, I, I think it, it kind of, it stems from just this idea of maybe too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, that old phrase, too many of these guys, Landers Nolly's a scorer, right? He's out there to get shots. Uh, Lester Quinones wants to get shots. Uh, Earl Timberlake was a five-star recruit who's got NBA plans. Think, probably wants to get shots, right? Monty Bates didn't come there to not shoot, you know? So I know, uh, you know, you'll hear people say, Anthony Davis took the six most shots of Kentucky his freshman year. Yeah, Anthony Davis cut from a very different cloth than, than almost any superstar from a mentality, look at me kind of situation. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I do think you need, you need at least one guy on the floor, like, like a Lomax, who's just going to get the hell out of the way, get the ball to these guys. Kind of like, um, you know, Kendall Marshall was, was a super impactful player and he averaged like eight points a game. Right, I don't think Lomax is anywhere near as good as that, but that's kind of in my mind. That's what I'm seeing as, as a guy who just catches the ball, gets it up the floor, get it to get it to your guys who can score in the spots that they want to score in, and you're okay. This isn't the NBA where you're running everything through your point guard. So 
I don't know. I, I don't see that lack of a point guard as as big of an issue as a lot of folks. Uh, but maybe I'm stuck in the '90s. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, it's sort of an obsession with people have the best five guys on the floor. Well, if all if those five guys guys are all small forwards, power forwards, and centers, it doesn't make much sense. Um, and sort of, what's sort of lost in this thing is there's there's you know, you mentioned like they're sort of top six guys. Um, Alex Lomax, I say, is their seventh best. Um, they still have you know the Lawson brothers, Jonathan Lawson and Ch- Chandler Lawson. Yeah, they've got Tyler Harris who's coming over from Iowa State. They've got um, a couple other sort of in the top 70-ish rankings as far as recruits coming in also. Um, and But, no, you make a good point with Lomax, and I would say he should start because you have, like, two – you could have a bench with two good, you know, twos and threes coming in and sort of relieving the players of their duties six, seven, eight minutes into the game, and you're, you're not going to have that drop-off when you bring in your bench guys. And so I think it just works out better for your rotation if you just have Alex Lomax starting. And then I'd say be Lomax, Nolly, I'd say um, I'd say Quinones and Timberlake off the bench. And then I'd say DeAndre Williams, Jalen Duran, and Imani Bates. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty good to me. I mean, even if Lomax is a is yeah. an, a mediocre average starting point guard. I mean, oh my goodness, the rest of that group is is really strong. <clears throat> and he's probably not going to rock the boat by taking a bunch of shots and taking the ball away from these guys. So I tell you what, though, I mean, we're probably making a bigger deal out of something that – just look at the rest of those guys. Look at that front court with, with Jalen Duran, who everybody has as a top five rated recruit, just a beast, right, by all accounts. Um, and DeAndre Williams, who is an awesome kind of college four-man that's a hell of a front court. That's going to be tough to contend with for for a lot of teams in the American Conference, and in general, I think Memphis their their offense under under Hardaway has not been good. Right, they're not they're not a good offensive team. What what do they win with is, is incredible defense. They've got if they've got nine ten guys from these these thoroughbred athletes that they can throw out there on the floor. Boy, I mean, you can really you can really put teams in a bind with just your defense creating offense. At least especially early in the season when. You know, your half-court offense probably isn't going to look great. If you've got all these athletes looking to get out and run, that can work in college. Uh, let's see. Should we move on to Tyrese Radford uh, transferring to Texas A&M? Um, and I don't know. Honestly, this one's probably going to get lost in the shovel. Tyrese Radford's a great player. He played at Virginia Tech last year. Um, was When he wasn't suspended, was their best player, uh, most talented in my opinion. Um, but I feel like him going to Texas A&M, there's so many good teams in the SEC, you got your Bama, you got your Arkansas, your Tennessee. Um, I don't think this is going to put – oh, Kentucky. I don't think this is going to put Texas A&M into any sort of relevance. They don't really have – they're not really known for being a, this great basketball school, so I don't know how much I really want to even talk about this. Do you have anything you want to talk about on that? No, not really. I mean, you're right. The SEC is uh, – <clears throat> I, I think it might be maybe one of the best – could it be the best conference from a top to bottom perspective? Maybe next year, and then I mean, we'll we'll dig into this kind of stuff over the next month. But I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, you're talking about. I think you've got Kentucky is probably a top ten team. We've got Alabama is probably a top ten to fifteen team. Arkansas is probably going to be up there. LSU, I think, had a pretty good offseason. They probably won't be ranked, but like that's a team that has the talent. Auburn had a really good offseason. They've got a lot of talent and a good coach when he has yeah. players that that win. Um, I know there's some other ones too. There, 
There's a, Florida's always good. There's a lot of teams in that in that league right now that it's going to be it's going to be a Tennessee. My goodness, more more just keep coming to my mind. I don't know where Texas A&M fits in all that. I just think it's going to be. I don't. They lost a couple guys too in the in the off season. I haven't done a ton of homework on who Texas A&M brought in. I know they weren't particularly good. And kind of like going back to the Chris Mack thing, like Buzz Williams two, three, four years ago, he had Vatek rolling. Right, they they got to the Sweet Sixteen. They almost beat Duke in that in that year with Zion, where they were like a missed layup away from beating them. And he and he had a team. He had teams there that were really good. And you kind of thought, man, like Buzz Williams, this guy's this guy's got something going. He's a hell of a coach. And then he started growing his hair out. He did the Shaka thing where he grew out his hair, and and it's been downhill. What does that tell you? Maybe maybe he needs to cut his hair again. I don't know. Seems like when he grew his hair back, things have gone bad. They've gone kind of sideways for him. Uh, any other player movie you can think of, Diggs? There isn't. I mean, there isn't much to talk about, regardless. Anyway, but no, I, you know, to be honest, yeah, I mean, we're really, we really are kind of winding it down here with the player movement. Um, <clears throat> I think, are there any, are there any guys left in the portal? Is the portal just dead? I mean, I know you had the transfer portal as a loser here a couple of weeks ago. The portal might not even be like a player to win or lose now. Um, I guess the only player I could think of. Is uh, is Keith Williams, the old Cincinnati shooting guard? He apparently, a couple of days ago, this is fairly new. Keith Williams, shooting guard from Cincinnati, who was an all-conference guy in the eight on the uh, the American, uh, is transferring to Western Kentucky. I don't know how good Western Kentucky is supposed to be this upcoming year, but they've generally been really good. Uh, is that Conference USA? I think Conference USA. Uh, with Rick Stansberry, they've been one of the better teams in that league over the last handful of years. Who came out of that? I think that was where North Texas came from. North Texas won Conference USA. Okay. Um, but Keith Williams is a guy who could be one of the best players what, what in that league. Mean Green. Mean Green. The Mean Green. Yes, there we go. How do we forget? That's got to be our one of our number one seeds on, uh, <laughs> on team mascots. You've got the yes. uh, yeah the Mean Green. So, but Keith Williams is at Western Kentucky. That was in my in my in my mind. That was kind of the last maybe impact guy left in the portal. Um, I don't I don't think going to Western Kentucky changes things on a national scale, right? I mean, they're probably going to be like an okay. They're going to be an okay um, conference USA team, not like a national level squad. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's just not much left in the portal. So I think our rosters are for the most part set at what they are now. Yeah, and I actually, so I was just curious because. In my mind right now, like if you went to the transfer portal, it would probably just say like down for maintenance or something like that. Um, it's still up. But there's like there's very few. I see there's a 731 Kim Aiken to Arizona, 730 Jelani White to Penn State. And then the the closest one to that was July 13th. So like there's in the whole month of July, there's one, two, three, four or five people who committed somewhere. Or had some sort of activity. And there was like five every ten seconds in May. The transfer portal is no more. The transfer portal's done. Sad. Um, Biggs, have you seen? Have you seen that J.R. Smith is back in college? I heard about this. I I don't. I couldn't tell you what college he went to. What college is he at? Fill me in. He it's uh let's see it's North Carolina A and T, if I remember correctly. And so apparently he is actually a very adequate golfer. Um, and so he's basically, you know, he's retired from the NBA now and he decided, you know what, I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to try and get on the golf team. 
And so it's sort of funny because if you if you just scroll through his Twitter right now and just pick a tweet, he's basically like live tweeting as he like goes to class. And so here's one from August 27th. Another great tutoring session. For sure, asking for more hours. A little extra help ain't never hurt nobody. Which he could definitely use the... Like you're, an, you're, you're an English teacher. You know how much help he could use with that sentence. Well, I mean, I think that's a great lesson to our young people out there. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need, if you need help, there are resources out there. Listen to JR. Do everything JR says. I'm just scrolling through. But yeah, the English uh, there is not great. So you know, like, you <laughs> definitely help there. What I'm thinking. I, I got another one. Hang on. How tall? Okay. I, I, I got another one. J.R. Smith on August 26th. Finish my English homework. Dope short story about a little girl with six brothers and seeking parents' approval. Dope reading. <laughs> I'm very curious six weeks from now if he thinks those readings are dope or if he's sick of it. Think he makes it through the semester? I think so. Here's what I'm okay. here's what I'm wondering. Okay. Name me name me some famous golfers. Like I know like okay. Brooks Kepka, right? He's a famous golfer. Or Bryson DeChambeau. How tall are these guys? I'd say six two. Let's look it up. So he's like what six six? J.R. Smith's a big dude. Does six six look ridiculous when you're golfing? Does that look really tall compared to other guys? So Brooks Kepka is six foot even. Um, Bryson DeChambeau is six one. Uh, let's see what Tiger is. Okay, because he's got so many accolades, it doesn't just show. I bet he's height. like six foot. He's six one. So like low six foot. So yeah, J.R. Smith is definitely like. Do you think there's like a combine for golfers and they're like, no, no, you're too tall. You're too big. We can't get clubs big enough for you. (laughs) See what the tallest PGA golfer is. Well, I I heard that he's going to play intramural hoops at at NCA&T. That's where he's at, right? North Carolina A&T? Yeah, A&T. And I'm just looking like if you're just for like a point of reference here, Dustin Johnson, who has had his moment in the sun on the tour, is 6'4". So that's a... Good golfer who is a little okay. h- higher than the norm, it looks like. Or a little taller than the norm. Six yeah. four is a good height, yeah. That is that what you are? Yeah, six four and a half. What's your excuse then for not being a good golfer? Oh, I'm not six four. I'm I'm six four oh. and a half. So I'm I'm just okay. too tall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not enough alcohol in my system when I when I golf regularly. Yeah, that that's the only reason that I, you know, keep an even keel on the golf course is the alcohol. It helps. You got anything else, John? Any other newsy things lately? That not not a ton just, in the college basketball world here. We're we're really, I mean, what are what? Just, uh, someone get the Rothstein counter out. What are we? What are we like? Seventy five days away, maybe not even. I'll I'll let you look up that up because uh, I do have one more thing that's newsworthy, and it actually just came out. And it's actually for next season. But did you see the PK eighty five field came out? Oh yeah. Let's just go through the teams here, because so like this is the one. It must, was it four? I wonder if they're going like four years in between. But it's basically they have sixteen teams. They have two separate eighteen brackets. Um, but the sixteen teams that will be in the tournament: Oregon, Duke, North Carolina, UConn, Villanova, Michigan State, Gonzaga, Florida. Oregon State, Alabama, West Virginia, Portland, probably just because that's where it is. Also, Portland State, probably, yep. you know, same reason. Xavier, and Purdue, and Iowa State. That's just loaded. That's terrific. Yeah, out of those 16 teams, I think 
<clears throat> I mean, Portland, Portland State, and like Oregon State are kind of maybe outclassed a little mm-hmm. bit in, in general. Maybe Iowa State. Um, maybe, yeah, possibly. They've had they've had a good run here. Well, not in the last year or two, but they've had good teams. So yes. that's an awesome field. Yeah, wow. There could be. Uh, you talk about the second round and on. You know, out of out of each of those sixteen. No, out of each of those eighteen brackets, I mean, you get some really good television there. There's some really compelling matchups potentially. Yeah. So yeah, do you have uh, anything else to talk about, Biggs? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, congrats to us because we've gotten through the toughest part of this the year for college basketball podcasting. It's over. Yeah. Let's let's just kind of give ourselves a let's give ourselves kind of a proverbial pat on the back. We've done incredible work. Yeah. I think our listeners, all three of them, would agree with that. I'll ask them tomorrow because they're all my co they're they're all my coworkers. So I'll just ask them tomorrow, and they we've they just multiplied them by fifty percent. So they just listen to me out of pity. Hey, we'll we'll take them where we can get them. We're not picky. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, we'll be back in two weeks. We're going to start the conference season preview, and that'll go about you know basically up until the beginning of the college basketball season. Um, yeah, we will get out of here. Bye. Bye.